0: Well, Brent is gay, and Kalen's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay, it's homo superior. Issue 152, I'm Kalen. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan? So there you are can three tell, of us, and
1: you can't get your name out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's only three of us today, and as you could tell, uh, the dulcet tones of our theme song was sung by Kalen instead of Brent. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, not sorry for that. So enjoy. So first up, we've got news flash. Breaking so, news. So uh, Olivia Wilde, who is a very good actress and director, is going to be directing a Sony Studios Marvel movie. I mean, it's going to be Spider-Woman, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought Spider-
1: Woman, of... um, Spider-Woman is counts part of the Avengers according to Who Got the Rights.
2: Yes and no, but that could be in the new trade deal that they had with Sony that they yeah. actually got the full rights to them and then they just split them completely. But this is well, a good no, time. They, it's... what
1: she didn't originate from Spider Man, though.
2: Correct, yeah, but she is in the Spider Verse, though.
1: I don't know. I,
2: I think come on, contract boy, I think you gotta tell Limbo's. us. Well, I think that was one of the limbo ones that they can sh- both share the same property. But, but I think with this, since Marvel and Sony are pairing up, that she could actually become an actual Avenger at this point, which is good and fun and whatever. Um, with that in mind, everyone's she reporting...
1: Have... What? She does have her new comic coming out later this um, next month.
2: Yeah. Spider-Woman um, does. I mean, with that in mind, I think everyone's thinking it's probably Jessica Drew. Um, which is the most well-known spider woman. Um, But just for a fun game, is there any sort of female-led spider character that you would like to see come to the screen?
0: Madam Web. Madam Web would be fun. I think she'd be great. Let's let's not be ageist. Which
1: which Madam Web? Okay, yeah. The one who's dead now? She's the best the original he did well yeah. i like i like arachne better than her but i like her arachne as arachne instead of as madam webb
2: yeah so so this is a big um, moment I,
1: because olivia wilde it's the first time she's actually
2: directing her second film the first one was book smart which did book really smart well. excellent yeah yeah it was really done well um with that in mind i think it would be kind of cool if she did lean into what she did with the other ones, like I mean, she had young voices down pretty. Like it, she did an amazing job. So, w- could she do like a Spider Gwen? Or yeah, I was thinking that.
1: Or even Cindy
2: Moon or someone like that, like just someone in the Spider Verse that's maybe not um, a full-grown lady like Jessica Drew. Um, but
0: either way, it's pretty exciting. Full grown lady, a full-grown Spider Lady. Well, we've already been I introduced want- to Gwen. We've already been introduced to Gwen in into the Spider-Verse, so that would be kind of cool and I wouldn't mind a silk movie as well. I like Silk a lot as a character. I'm sorry, Clark, what were you saying?
1: I just want Black Cat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just a statement. I don't That's really
1: a- <laughs> I don't I don't really care about most of the Spider or Spider folks. I like, as I said, I like Arachne, but I like the ones that are attached to the Avengers more. I like Spider-Woman with, with her most recent series where she didn't really have anything to do with any other spiders.
2: She, I mean, she obviously is the right choice because she fits in the best and you could kind of work in her like Hydra ties and like some other fun stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah. you could easily work her into the back history of the MCU, like super easy.
0: Oh yeah. Like David uh, like a double like, agent. to like double agent. Nick Fury or something like that so totally still feel like she's
1: too heavily involved in Avengers stuff they would have to both use her or or she wouldn't be able to be part of Sony at all well Clark
2: I have terrible news but sometimes people who get individual films turn up in the Avengers you know what I mean
1: I'm not saying that I'm just (laughs) saying she would have to be heavily involved if they're gonna split yeah that's true
0: Well, let's move on. Uh, So uh, a movie that is coming out soon, uh, New Mutants, uh, in the theaters, apparently, because people are still doing that. Uh, The director (laughs) is actually a piece of shit. Ryan, do you want to expand on that? Oh, my God.
2: Okay. So the director has made a statement,
0: um, and
2: you can look at it two different ways. So I think they're trying to strum up some press because they're probably going to release this at some point pretty soon, probably on video on demand of some sort. But the director made a comment and he said, basically, if you can go to a house party with 700 people without masks on, then you can put a mask on and go to a movie and maybe get their rocks off in a more
0: productive way. (laughs) Um, That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's like uh, Jim Jordan saying, if you can go to a protest, you can go vote in person. It's like, That's okay. That's not the same thing. It's Um, not. It's not. not. Who the hell are these 700 people?
2: (laughs) It's the Fire Island gays.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I don't want them to go to a movie with me.
0: (laughs) I mean, there is that. And then it's all the people that were, like, in Missouri over Memorial Day weekend at that river. And, like, like, so many of them, like, got COVID as a result of it. It's like, this is not a good example. Like, it's terrible.
1: Look, everyone at UNC Chapel Hill's getting ill now.
0: Oh, that's a, sh- that's a shame. That is. I mean, if you're going to go see the movie in the theater, Clark, I think you've got the, be- the best idea. Go to a drive-in. If you have yeah. a drive-in near you, go do that. Otherwise, as we I went recommended to... on Twitter, uh, uh, wait until it's on video on demand or streaming. We've waited two and a half years. We can wait a little bit longer for a non-canonical film. This is terrible press terrible. What were you going to say? I first? watched
1: I watched Casablanca and Singing in the Rain last night at the drive-in with my parents. Oh, that's awesome. That's all I'm saying. That's fun. And i I'm assuming it's going to I'm assuming when when new Mutants comes out next Saturday? I'm assume, or next Friday, excuse me. I'm assuming they'll have it. They never tell you until about 3 days in advance what movies are going to be there for a week. So, yeah. we'll see. I'm assuming I'll watch it there. You guys should drive up some night. And watch yeah. it there. <laughs> uh, we'll do it sometime. I'll be I'll be out of town
0: next week, but maybe when I'm back. Um, so Marvel is launching know. a second Wolverine title because one is not enough. This is the '90s again. It's Black, White, and Blood. Uh, it's an anthology title, a la Black, Batman Black and White, if you remember that, where it was like uh, you know vignettes, like three or four stories told by different creators um it's gonna have kind of that sin city aesthetic where it's black and white but with like you know when red is brought in when there's blood because it's wolverine and he goes stabby stabby stab 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 the first issue actually has some really interesting stories the first one uh of course we're going to start with the Webinx x flashback because you know yeah obviously it's by, uh, jerry D- jerry dugan and, and illustrated by adam kubert solid team jerry dugan of course is writing cable and uh and um, Marauders right now, and Adam Hubert is one of the main artists on the Wolverine series. The second is a Nick Fury team-up by Matthew Rosenberg, who uh, we liked and then didn't like because it his uncanny run, which is pretty shitty, and drawn by X-Force regular Joshua uh, Casera. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is a story from Wolverine's past, because they all are, obviously. And it's <laughs> written and illustrated by... or Yeah, written and illustrated by uh, Declan uh, Shelby, who is a phenomenal, phenomenal artist. If you've ever seen his stuff? Uh, I just absolutely love it. He drew, um, if you remember Warren Ellis's uh, Moon Knight uh, a few years back, uh, where, where Moon Knight is like in that, like that very dapper white suit. Um, just, just oh, a terrific really? artist. So, I mean, what do y'all think?
2: It's what why does Marvel need to squeeze the sweet, sweet Wolverine juice out of everything? Like, just let him have one title. He's featured in a bunch of other X titles. I don't think we need this. I,
1: the art does look great. Is, like, it's, it's too much. It's like only a miniseries. It's fine. Uh, it's four issues, and it's just giving a lot of talent a chance to use i don't like wolverine i don't know why i'm supporting this i'm not supporting it. i don't want to read you it at all like you're
2: gonna rush out to the comic book store and grab <laughs> it right away
1: we had wolverine wolverine was dead for like what how many years Four five years? years five
0: years not so enough. we didn't have to just
1: deal with him five years so like yeah we're we're due a little more wolverine than we used to be well and that's I me from a non-wolverine fan if we had to have a
0: second Wolverine title, like make Laura Wolverine again, and she already was in that issue of X Men a few months back where they were fighting the Children of the Vault, you know, I'm like, I want Laura back as Wolverine, uh, making her X twenty three again after Tom Taylor did his like amazing run a few years yeah. back was such a step back. It was a dumb idea. I hated it.
1: Well, yeah, we don't know. She's in. The, she's she's trapped somewhere right now, so she <laughs> can't be Wolverine at the moment.
0: Well, maybe she'll come out. She's gonna in, be th- uh, she, of she's
1: gonna be three hundred years old when she shows up again.
0: Well, Wolverine is three hundred years old,
1: so cool. Yeah, <laughs> see that then she then she can be Wolverine proper now that she's three hundred.
0: Old woman Laura, bring old woman Laura back. Uh, okay, so mm. keeping on Marvel Comics uh, in advance of the uh, Eternals movie, which is now slated to come out next year. Uh, we knew this was going to happen. Uh, there was going to be another Eternal series. Uh, I've never been a big fan of any of the Eternals comics, even the Neil Gaiman one, but I am excited for this because, A, it's written by Karen Gillan, who we love. He did Young Avengers and Wicked and Divine and Journey into the Mystery, like, wonderful, wonderful series. And it's illustrated by uh, Isad Ribic, who is phenomenal. He did um, Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars. Uh, He did um, the early issues of Jason Aaron's Thor. Just fucking tremendous artist. Like, I am... Excited for the two of them to redo the mythology, Ryan. It's um, yeah, it's very exciting actually. It it you know it's going to
2: look phenomenal. I think the Eternals have never had that problem when they uh, produce some sort of like title. It always looks great. The story may be meth, but um, one thing they've uh, released the the variant cover for number one, and it has Macari, um, which was formerly a guy as a woman on like in the hand of one of the um, celestials. So it's um, they're, they're very much leaning into what the look of uh, the actual movie would be. Cause it's a, a woman of color that they hired to be that role in the Eternals movie. So, yeah. it, so they're definitely leaning into it. I think for this, when they're not established at all, this is the right move. But like it gets trickier when you have like a long history but I, th- I think this is the right move
1: for them. I'm, I'm excited yeah. for the
0: series personally. Yeah. Do you like
1: oh, it, What do you Bart? think? I mean, I'm fine with it. I I, mean, I love him, so I'm gonna, it's, it's going to be a good series. I've never been really big a fan at all of the Eternals. I have Same. no love or hate for them. Yeah. I always feel like I they're, like, like Cersei, like the but that's because she had all of her Avengers stuff and all the weird stuff with Black Knight, but I, it's the only one I really have any affinity towards at all.
0: I feel like the Eternals are like Jack Kirby's, like, redhead stepchildren. Uh, like, clearly, you know, he had a um, – he was a, an architect of early Marvel Then went over to DC to do the New God stuff, and then when he came back to Marvel, you know, doing the Eternals was like – it's like New God's, you know, redux a little bit, but, like, totally. not as interesting. Um, but, you know – like like we said, we both love Karen Gillen. We both, all, excuse me, all three of us love Karen Gillen. All three of us love you uh, said So um, definitely, we'll we'll be talking about it and reviewing it on podcast. Um, Marvel is also launching, which I believe is a one shot right now, unless somebody can correct me. Called Indigenous Voices, which is great. It's it's a, a new anthology celebrating Native American characters and creators. It's headlined by. Jeffrey Varege, who wrapped up his exhibition at the Smithsonian the Museum uh, for the American Indians, um, and he's joined by several other creators who are also Native American, and they're going to be doing stories on Echo, who was a Daredevil villain slash love interest, uh, Danny Moonstar from the New Mutants, and something described as one of the darkest moments in X-Men's history, which basically tells me it's all about Thunderbird and then Warpath, uh, who oh, is no Thunderbird's man. living brother. So that's, that's got to be it.
1: Yeah,
2: you're right. That's There's the only, also um, that is like the main death that's stayed consistent throughout X Men history. Like that's yeah. the main one.
0: Yeah, well,
1: he came back from the dead during Chaos yeah. War, but died again. Yeah. Um. Also, the series that's also happening—they're they re- restarting it because you know—and they never really got a chance because of COVID. Um, Werewolf by Night is doing a taboo from the Black Eyed Peas is doing a an indigenous person playing as um, Werewolf by Night instead of Jack Russell. Oh, so oh that's, that's so good. Cool. That's coming out. I know the second issue comes out in November. I don't know which month, based on all the COVID stuff, the first issue was to be slated for. Um, I'm loving that Marvel is
0: giving so much uh, exposure to diverse voices, because uh, Priest, who's one of my favorite writers, who did a seminal run on both Black Panther and Captain America and the Falcon in the late 90s and early 2000s, Coming back to do u s agent uh Johnny Walker, as we know him uh not the not the <laughs> Scott, but but the but the person uh, and he's joined by uh, Stefano Landini uh, uh on a new series that's sort of intersecting superhero action with politics, which is exactly what priest uh kind of uh excels at so um i'm definitely i'm definitely thrilled i'm glad he's back doing marvel stuff. So he was over at d c for the last few years so and the tease of the art just looks so sexy, too. I'm, like, so into it. Um,
2: I think the new designs Do you look just love,
0: love some blood play? Yeah,
2: I'm into blood play. Do you have a problem? This is why, oh. want to,
0: this is why he wants to, like, you know, definitely,
1: like, read the new Wolverine <laughs> anthology series, Red, White, and Blood. Uh I've liked US Agent ever since Avengers West Coast because he's just such a dick and whenever he's on any team he shakes it up and is just a complete piece of asshole about. And oh. he loved it. when he, he, he really grew up in a good way on in the Thunderbolts when he was involved with them. Um, I think that's yeah. his last big claim of like series.
0: His so last I, yeah. I didn't
1: see where he is now. I, yeah. I've always loved his
0: original costume because that's what Steve Rogers wore when he gave up being Captain America and Johnny Walker became Captain America. I actually love that long form story uh, uh, of like, you know, like I think it lasted like 30, 40 issues uh, back in the late 80s. And I remember having issue number 350 of Captain America where it was like Steve Rogers fighting jo- uh, Johnny Walker and Steve Rogers was in all black, which I was like ooh, what a cool costume, and then you've got, like, Johnny Walker in the original Cap costume. Uh, it was a really good storyline, and, like, he's a great character. I, I, I love that, like, Marvel's find different ways to, like, kind of keep him going, and obviously this is going to be – I think this is going to be really good. So while Marvel is expanding, DC is contracting. We've talked in the last couple of weeks of, like, all the various changes that are happening there. Um, a lot of editors got fired, as we mentioned last week. You know, a lot of books uh, that were on the kind of on the the verge of the edge are getting chopped off. Some of them were already planned, like Suicide Squad. Tom Taylor uh, got on Twitter and said, hey, we'd always planned it doing it as an 11 or 12 issue series. So, you know, no biggie. But books like Young Justice, um, Batgirl, Justice League Odyssey, Teen Titans, Hawkman, and several others um, are definitely getting the cut. And I believe, uh, Clark, you pointed out that this was going to happen at one point with uh, Generation 5 anyway, which is going to be like the next phase of, of DC yeah, Comics. Yeah, this but was the
1: game would... plan until it was not the game plan anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really know. I, this is definitely a put a hold on it because of Phantom F- coming out which is when they're going to release all the new information about any series that are coming, anything about movies and television and blah, 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 so they can try to get fans not to hate them as they've done in the last two weeks.
0: Here's what's going to happen. Four Batman titles, five Superman titles, six Wonder Woman titles, uh, and then 25 (laughs) Justice League titles. You're saying, Clark? I love that Yeah, no, that sounds right.
2: I think they just do... Um they say one of the main three, so it would be like Batman and Hawkman. Wonder Woman and the Teen Titans. You know what I mean? Like you gotta like mix them up to actually fuck it. Like do Wolverine Titans in the can't end. Them <laughs> yeah.
1: Good God. Um so fandom officially has decided they're gonna do two different days, two weeks apart. So any of the news is gonna come out weirdly sporadically for the next month. I just don't, I don't know what to do with DC. I mean, I, I never really wanted to do with DC, but I, now I don't even want to touch it. I,
2: I can get on board of them trying to centralize stuff and just trying to make, but they're making it so complicated. I want to be on board and I'm like, what the, f- what is happening? I have no idea what's going on. Kalen, I actually, why, I, tell me why.
0: Well, I'm more worried about the opposite. I think they're simplifying it. And as a longtime DC fan, the complexity is what I like about it. Um, I think they, like, as we talked about last week, they are going to move towards more digital only and, like, bookstore-centric uh, stuff, which is cool. It might be very new, new reader-friendly. I think new readers are great. Like, we got to find a way to do with that. But there are still long-term fans of DC that love the mythology. And, like, And clearly, like, we've had revamps after revamps, reboots after reboots. Like, but like them chucking it all away and maybe they're not gonna do that, but it feels like they are. um, Just feels, I don't know, like it just makes me kind of sad as a DC fan, you know? Um, Totally, yeah. Ah, here's a
1: question. Why do people like DC? And not about characters, (laughs) not about stories. Why do they like this universe where the company keeps rebooting it to the point where they've had 500 different origins I, I feel like I'm I, if I was a DC fan, I would be constantly losing the history I love constantly just over and over again like four yeah. four times now. Yeah yeah hey, let's so, explain that. Speak on that. So
0: if you are a DC fan between the years 1985 and 2004, like and that was me. Yes. like that was like the heyday of, of like getting into I got into comics in the late 80s and then you know really in the 90s and so like the 90s, you know, get a bad rap for comics, but DC had some really wonderful titles and they really kind of built on this whole mythology of how, um, everything collapsed to like one universe, one earth. They got rid of the multiverse and and infinite earths. And it created a sense of legacy. Like you started with the justice society, you had the justice league, and then you had, you know, some of the newer characters in the justice league, like Wally West, uh, you know, and Connor Hawk and, uh, Kyle Rayner. Uh, and then you had, like, you know, the the future of the Legion of Superheroes. It created, like, a consistent timeline. The problem really started, I want to say, in the 2000s, first with Identity Crisis, which was Brad Meltzer's miniseries, which was him basically mm. doing uh, his shitty version of uh, Alan Moore doing the Justice League. Like, it just was, like, it, it left in such bad taste. I mean, like, Sue did uh, along... Yeah, well, he fridged, uh, he fridged uh, um, yeah. uh, Elongated Man's Wife. First, he has her raped. This is a comic book. Yeah. Like I understand there's dark stuff that happens in comic books, but rape as a crutch of a story, I fucking hate it. And I was like, this by Dr. just made me feel icky and gross. Yes, by Dr. Goddamn Light. What a piece of shit loser villain.
2: Wasn't bridging um, sort of like coming from this too that
0: term sort of came out of that too or no, was it-, it, it, it came out from Green Lantern when Kyle Rayner was introduced. Uh, he's, you're first introduced to him and his girlfriend who is uh, like an amazing character and like she's like kind of helped him become a superhero and at the end of the first of his first issue she is uh, killed he by The in fridge. Yeah she's killed by uh, a villain <laughs> um, uh, named Major Force and like he puts her in the fridge and so Gail Simone, who's a, you know, a very famous uh, comic book writer that we've read a lot of her stuff, came yeah. up with that term. Uh, but yes, what happened to Sue Didney was refrigerating. But beyond that, then you had Infinity Crisis, which was uh, DC's attempt to re- to bring back the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, uh, it didn't quite stick. And then you had multiple like uh, storylines after that, like Final Crisis, again, a really good story written by Grant Morrison, but didn't quite stick. And then you ended up having Flashpoint and the creation of the New 52. Okay, didn't quite stick. Then you had Rebirth with the, the, in, the introduction of the Watchmen characters. You had Doomsday Clock. That was delayed. Uh, didn't quite stick. Now you have Death Metal. Really fun storyline. We're going to talk about uh, the source book a little bit later in this podcast. But mm-hmm. what's going to be the end of it was supposed to be Generation 5. And now, who the hell knows? Because DC is restructuring the way that they do business, um, and it is frustrating as a fan. So, Clark, you're right, but for me, it's like pure nostalgia of like the heyday uh, in the late '80s and '90s, and even yeah. even partially the early aughts.
1: Well, I meant even before that. Like, if someone was a fan from like the '70s on, and suddenly they lose lost all that history. Yeah. Like it, all what, those when, back when, what year are was Crisis garbage. on Crisis in on Infinite
0: 1990- Earth? Eighty. 80- 1985, 1985, yeah. And I think if like the one, the internet didn't exist back then, not in the way we think about it. But um, I'm sure if it did, I'm sure there'd be like all these like you know fans like going after creators and editors on Twitter and Facebook. But uh, there were people. If you read the letters, it's like, well, uh, you're throwing out you know all this history. But what ended up happening was in most in most cases, it created a a little bit of a better history, even though it was really inconsistent. Frank Miller doing Batman Year One, John Byrne doing Man of Steel, George Perez doing Wonder Woman. You know, it created, in some sense, a more cohesive universe, and it modernized the characters to a certain degree. I mean, there were some really awesome stories that, like, resulted in the wake of Crisis in the late 80s. Um, You know, some bad stuff, too, obviously, but, like, it was, it felt, it felt cohesive, and it felt like uh, it created generations. I like the idea of, like, heroes passing the torch down to the next generation of characters like Barry Allen dying in in Crisis of Infinite Earths was amazing and the fact that mm-hmm. Wally West who was a sidekick for decades becomes the hero, becomes like the titular hero what a fucking great thing and then you know uh he, he decided to backtrack in the 2000s by bringing Barry back and making him the Flash so I don't know I'm
2: pretty yeah, frustrated it, that is one of the cool things about dc but like to sort of just swipe it completely clear it's like outrageous um caitlin yeah. I, I have a question I just
1: have to re- yes what's
2: your you question um my question is is there any other stupid dc news that's come out this week
0: uh yes there is so uh <laughs> speaking Good. of uh messing with time flashpoint which is supposed to be the flash movie is there and it looks like both Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton are going to be cast as Batman in the Flashpoint movie. So Batfleck, we are not rid of you, Ryan, you've got something to say.
2: Okay. So I'm of two minds of this because Ben Affleck coming back is just like, who gives any, no one. I mean, uh, we know Zack Snyder fans are excited. Other than that, that's pretty much it. I think Michael Keaton coming back is really super fun though. Um but I don't fit I they're throwing in so much I feel like it's gonna get tied into continuity of like the CW shows and I'm just like I'm worried for this film because I want it to be good. I want DC to have great films and I'm super worried honestly. Clark speak on this.
1: I want both Batwomen women to be in it. Yes yes, I'm, I, yes. I'm Ruby Rose I want I want Ruby Rose in it. No, honestly, I mean-
2: And Halle Berry, and Eartha Kitt, and yeah, all of them. (laughs)
1: Lee Merriweather. Oh,
2: I saw an (laughs) Eartha Kitt movie recently. That'd be so funny. Alicia
0: Silverstone. (laughs) Um, So if they're going to follow the Flashpoint storyline in that it's not Bruce Wayne who becomes Batman, it's Thomas Wayne, because um, Bruce gets killed and Martha becomes the Joker, and so i'm hoping that michael keaton is thomas wayne and that's the only reason i want to go see this movie okay, the only yeah, yeah. reason
2: and i'd be on board for that i i have time for that um i'd like to see him back in that role that'd be super fun also they yeah. are on hbo max right now so i recommend everyone going on there to watch all those older batman films i watched uh because they'll drop batman them and Robin. At any
1: point in time say what I said, because they'll drop them at any point in time <laughs> yeah. for some apparent reason.
2: We have no measure of how long they'll be yeah. there. So just watch them now. Yeah.
1: They're not so, like, uh, let's collect all our stuff. It's like, let's have our stuff for a bit and then hide it for a while. And then maybe bring it back later, but not tell anyone. Um, this
0: fucking so WB you said, is a goddamn shithole mess. <laughs> it is a mess. Uh, Ryan, you said you watched Batman and Robin, the Joel Schumacher yeah. abortion. So, oh did you hear... my
2: word. And we should do a review of this one day because
0: it is probably
2: the funniest film I've ever seen in my entire life. It is so over the top. I can't believe they planned a sequel. We should just do a whole Homeless Superior extra
0: issue on that because it's so- I only if we can get high as balls before we watch it and then like i just want to like i want to be like on an altered level of consciousness the good
2: the good thing is even if you're not smoking you'll feel high as hell when you're
0: watching it because it is stupid. on life (laughs) well did you hear um the the rumor was that uh Schumacher was supposed to do a third batman film that was supposed to go in a darker direction i think it was called like batman triumphant or something i don't remember what it was called it was batman unchained oh batman unchained okay
2: and he was actually supposed to bring back the older cast members and like hallucinations for the from the scarecrow so like the old joker would come back the old riddler would get like all those old actors would actually come back would which would have been phenomenal and maybe closed it out in a more successful way Or
0: they could just do it in Flashpoint movie, you know? At this point, DC's like, whatever. They brought Joel Schumacher back from the dead just to direct this film, right? (laughs) Um, So, um, uh, Ryan, I need you to speak on something that's giving me life day. (laughs) I Mm. hate
2: you, but I love that joke. Um, Okay, so Lego... Star Wars Holiday Special. It will be coming to Disney Plus on November 17th. To give a little backstory, um, there was a holiday special done many, many moons ago, um, and it was about Life Day. And so it was Chewbacca, his wife, and his child, which were never seen again, all got together they had to stop a stormtrooper. They watched a music video. A stormtrooper showed up, and then he um, then kind of laughed, and then Han shows up. It was nonsense. It was gold. It was it was amazing. It was a so moment we, in time. We
1: found out. We found out that that B Arthur is part of Star Wars now. Yeah, she's
2: she's canon. my part. She's canon. She's she canon. Has, She's
1: canon. She's singing a song in the cantina. I love her. I, I would love any
2: sort of nod to this, but we found out recently that um, this Lego special will actually be a sequel to The Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) Finally.
1: So it is the most in-canon thing we've got going on.
2: (laughs) So everyone's wondering, like, did Rey become a Jedi? Is she like some sort of like gray Jedi? Or is everyone dead? Is th- the First Order gone? I assume this Lego movie will resolve all of that shit and <laughs> way more.
0: Amazing! I, I, just oh, in, is- in, in, <laughs> I just want a scene. God! I just want scene where um, the old lady asks, "What's your last name?" <laughs> but in Lego form. Yeah. <laughs> I need that I need that scene. I need that scene. I I, I do. And I do need we're gonna have, yes, we're gonna have, Rose for sure.
1: I was gonna say we're gonna have Rose finally for more than the seven seconds she had in that film. Oh, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I It'll be idiotic and a waste of time. I don't think I would, I'm I would like to see on I'd like Disney. to see Plus, I don't care. I want to see Chewbacca's family come back. You know. They're,
0: they're nice people. Yeah, they're they're a little family. Yeah.
1: I wish they Perry never the existed. Hendersons. <laughs>
0: That's dark as fuck, Clark. <laughs> so uh, let's go on to some comics. We've got we met them once. Who, who cares?
1: They're so cuddly, though. Wookie. No, I don't need him. I don't some... need him. I want him oh. to be a, a rogue who, who has no love or family.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. Well, let's move on to some comic books. We have got quite a few issues to go through first. So first up, it's Empire X-Men number four, the end of this miniseries, which is fun as hell. It's so fucking wacky. So we see uh, kind of a flashback sequence where Wanda enlists Doctor Strange to help her unring that bell from issue one. That's supposed to take about 30 days. Now at the end of day number 30, (laughs) we see um, uh, the X-Men still fighting the uh, zombie mutants and the Katati. Um, and a resurrected explodey boy meets his zombie self, which is one of my favorite sequences in the book.
1: Uh, Beast amazing. Steal
0: so good. is so good. Uh, Beast steals Horticulture's MacGuffin. I don't even know what it was, but it was some <laughs> kind of amulet type thing. Uh, Mistress Ilyana is looking for some slaves. Uh, that was an amazing scene. And Wanda, you know, just remains a sad bastard at the end of the book. But, um, Clark, I know you have a lot to say about this.
1: This, this I mean, this series is my favorite thing that's come out of Dawn of X, by far. I do like the fact that all the writers have come together to, together to write this. I don't know; it's just so much fun. I, it made me like Wanda again, but I like her because she's terrible. Like Doctor yeah. Strange just keeps her alive here, and it's funny and just it gives her characterization that we haven't gotten an interesting characterization from her in ages. And this is interesting; she's just a complete fuck up. Who's yeah. trying to, but failing constantly and, and we already talked about but exploding boy i want exploding boy to be everywhere all the time great character it's um He's he definitely a- needs to
2: show up in like uh, a younger mutant's title because he is phenomenal i don't know what he really does except explode a little bit but like him and maybe his former girlfriend that he maybe kissed um like
0: I, I want them around all the time. They're
1: I so. i like Exploding Boys' normal life.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> yes, Caleb. how great would it be if she was on, if he was on New Mutants and started dating Boom Boom? They could explode together. He's a little young for her, but yeah, I'm into it. So <laughs> I'm still into it. Yeah.
1: Oh god!
0: I would He's love it. Legal. He. She a great. She'll go for She'll go. She'll go for the younger one. She's oh no, T- Ryan, yeah. your favorite character. Nah.
2: I um, I do, I do, I do want rude. them to I do want them to g- bring this uh, this relationship of Dr. Strange hating Scarlet Witch going forward just being like, you are mm-hmm. the worst. I want them to bring that into the MCU movies. I want them to do <laughs> everything because this is it's a great dynamic of like oh this, I love
1: that but,
2: oh, love it. that's so powerful that keeps just striking out left and right. I o-
1: over it. in Strange Academy, she's one of the teachers. I don't quite know why he's hiring this woman who he thinks is a fucking idiot.
2: Well, she is talented in some things, just not
0: most. Hey, remember the X-Men hired Spider-Man at one point to be a teacher at their school. Oh, and yeah. They all thought he was a fucking idiot. Spider-Man um, and the X-Men. Who yeah. Who could forget? Uh, great series. He, had, one he just had
1: one class of misfits.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. And it had Might one of the greatest in
1: Excalibur,
0: Uh Sure, Excalibur number eleven. We've got uh, Otherworld. Uh, apparently, has its own version of the Jets and the Sharks, the white priestesses and the green ones. The green ones seem slightly less evil, uh, and they all apparently live in the Ewok village on Endor. Let's bring it back to Star Wars. Um, yep. The Thank externals you. make a, reappear- a reappearance in flashback form. Jubilee stays behind with the green priestesses, while the rest of Excalibur goes to storm the castle, or rather, Star Citadel. Richter travels to the gate uh, that they set up in Otherworld, and Gambit remembers that he's a thief. Ryan. I have been
2: waiting to like an issue of Excalibur and I think it's finally come. Did I love it? No, but did I read it and enjoy it? Yes. Finally. Like I thought, she brought a lot together. The flashback worked really well for later in the issue where Gambit sort of finds that thing at the end. I assume it's the same thing Beast found. But like, sure. it's, yeah. <laughs> but like, it's it, it, it was more cohesive as an issue. I think the writing is getting better and I want more from the external. So I'm excited about that. So I am excited about stuff within the issues now. So I can move on past hating this title so much, but it's getting better. It's getting better. I'm trying to be positive.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about. I, <laughs> I found this as unreadable as every other one. The, the external stuff was interesting, but it's only there to feed later Story. It's not, it just, it felt like a clump that was just shoved in the middle. None of it made sense. I didn't care about the greens versus the whites versus the this versus the that. And we have Shogo as a dragon, but like every single issue, you forget what the fuck happened before because it's like, here's a suddenly unrelated new thing, but it's slightly related, but you've already forgotten it. I feel like I have to read the last five issues in order to understand the one I just read. It's not, it's just so fucking scattered and boring at the same time. None of the characters sound like who they are. Can Richard I suggest some something? Story? I don't even know. Lame, lame plant man now.
2: What? The, the voices will always be off. I don't think the writing is ever going to get that completely correct. Um, what I always found to help was like uh, watch Batman and Robin before and then everything seems a lot, <laughs> it makes a lot more
0: sense afterwards. Um, can I just say one thing I liked about the sort of the politics of the green and the white uh, was how the white are sort of set up to carry out the letter of the law of, for Saturn whereas the green are set up to carry out the spirit of the law as the way yeah. they kind of talked about. It. Mm-hmm. And so they're almost like a, uh, a condoned oppositional force that Saturn wants. There's something very fascinating about the sort of the political ecosystem of Otherworld that I wanted uh, Teeny Howard to delve into a little bit more, but Clark is, I'm somewhere between the two of you. Uh, I didn't hate it as much as some other issues. I didn't like it as much as you did, Ryan. I, I did like that like Gambit remembers that he is a thief like, this is the first time oh, we haven't seen sad, sad bastard Gambit uh, the entire run, so that's cool. Uh, but it's still, like, I feel like I've got to read the last three or four issues beforehand to, like, kind of figure out what's happening because the, the way the story unfolds is so just bizarre. It's just, it's just bizarrely told, and it's not particularly fun. It's not, like, a puzzle I want to put together. It's, like, it's a puzzle that's a bit of a chore. Um, and it, I feel to make the book as a chore
2: you're always figuring out what's going on like when Jubilee starts in that tree you know what I mean like what, what why are you in a tree um, and then it gets resolved that there's green people that get I look it all doesn't make sense but I, I think <laughs> it's It's getting better I don't know I'm trying to yeah. be nicer to this title because it, it's so
0: integral to like the rest of the X line that I want to like this It's just so hard. Uh, This book is very divisive. If you're on X Twitter at all, there are people who like stand by it and there are people who are like, this is the fucking worst. We're clearly on the latter end of that spectrum. But um, like, it is fascinating how like the rest of the books are like generally beloved. Um, You know, there's clearly there are people who don't love the Ed Brisson issues and mutants, like, but it's Mm -hmm. not as divisive. But like, you know, people love Marauders. People are like kind of okay with X-Force, although I really love X-Force. Uh, but this yeah. one, there's like people who just fucking dig it, and there's people who fucking hate it. It's it's amazing. And there's nothing in between. So let's move on. Wolverine number four. Uh, apparently Logan likes to use Magneto's helmet as a piss bucket because you know why not. <laughs> and then he heads to a locale that we've never seen before, a Canadian dive bar. Uh, the bar pra- the bar patrons and staff are part of a mutant trauma support group. Cool. And they try to kill Wolverine Bar prevented by Omega Red, who is in cahoots with Dracula and the Vampire Nation. Uh, the whole book really kind of read as like a horror story. It reminded me a lot of uh, like 30 Days of Night,
1: the way yeah. like the,
0: uh, the yeah, movie yeah. was set up, you know, like, the comic and the, and the movie that came out in the 2000s. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad they're bringing the, the Vampire Nation stuff in because that was the stuff I enjoyed from the first issue of Wolverine not the, you know, whatever that blue woman was or the quiet woman or whatever the hell they called her. <laughs> um, Like, she was sort of boring, but, like, the Omega Red is not a character I've ever particularly loved, but he seemed super menacing in this, and I think Benjamin Percy did a really nice job. Plus the art, Victor uh, Bogdanovic, um, he's great. He's just moody as fuck. It, it's a little cartoonish, but very sinister at the same time. I love it. Ryan? Yeah. I
1: guess we have our... Second person to become um, shaped saber and get shoved into the hole underneath the Krakoa because he's killing humans left, right, and center. Yeah. Oh, he probably. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah, we really need to revisit that. Like, who the who the f else is down there? I'm sure there's someone. One of the masterminds, this is, probably. This is um, when we can revisit. Um, yeah. I I will say I, I did really like this issue. It did feel spooky spooky the whole time um even the way they did the lighting and everything the art style it was scary the whole time it just felt menacing um one thing that i found really interesting was uh one of the info pages where the uh, it was mutant trauma support group and like their their five rules that they have um it it worked on two levels where i was like "Ah, this is kind of funny there's a bunch of jokes in here but then i also thought of it on the like being a gay person or a queer person in this world and just like reading these rules and knowing people like, like this exist out there that I was like, yikes, this is too real at some point. Um, yeah. I, I don't like Omega red. I think he needs to get some character development stat before he shows up in the MCU. It's going to happen.
1: I like the end of rule number one that ends with LOL. When it talks about how we <laughs> like we, literally we, we all hate mutants. <laughs> also, was uh, I yeah. incorrect when I, when I was reading and, and it mentioned what, that old woman was Gorgon's mom?
2: Yeah, I was confused by that. Like Gorgon's grandmother or something like
1: that. It was so yeah, confusing. Yeah, my dear son had what you might call mommy issues. I think that's just randomly, here's Gorgon's mother, by the way. Let's kill her <laughs> yeah, off.
2: Yeah, meanwhile, she's like beheaded yeah. by like some cord.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Hey, look, it's a really character strange. that
0: you know. Oh, she's dead. Gorgon would make a, a wonderful supporting character in this book. Clearly, you know, they were oh. like antagonists before. And now, like, he's one of the, um, he's the bodyguard for whenever the Quiet Council is out in the real world outside of Yeah, Picoa. he's one of the generals
2: so, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I, I think it would be great to, have, to bring him in uh, in this book. I, so I would love for him to be a regular.
1: Is, th- is that moment impetus enough? they killed her off so quickly. I don't think like the right reader would even be like, Oh yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Finally we get to meet Gorgon's grandmother or what the
0: fuck. ever. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Uh, All right. Let's move on to cable number three. So kid cable keeps reliving him murdering old man cable. That's kind of very, uh, you know, uh, uh, Oedipus Rexy right there. Um, And the Space Knights are deciding to use the light of Galador, which is the space sword from the first couple of issues, to either make their people fleshy again or to turn Earth into their new home planet. Neither column A nor column B are great. Cable's plan, of course, is to hit first and ask questions later. Thank gods for Esme for being the voice of reason. (laughs) After a quick tussle, the Space Knights and Cable come to an agreement. Plan a heist to get a time machine. You son of a bitch. I'm in. Uh, and the heist involves finding the, old, uh, the body of old Cable, which is now the property of his royal highness, Deadpool, king of Staten Island. And through some cajoling, they get the body. Uh, Kid Cable rips off the metal arm uh, of his old counterpart, which is really where the time machine is. And then the issue ends in a very creepy scene of out of Rosemary's Baby featuring the Order of X, which is the cult that are mutant worshipers. Uh, that was very, very unsettling. It's, it's, a, it's a good week for some spooky-ass books really
1: this is my if this is my ongoing series of the week so far i mean this this series is great it's really funny i like what they're doing with the cuckoos yep art is really good too certainly uh deadpool was written really well
2: as well i enjoyed i do i
1: love how eloquent he is in his in his um in his note (laughs) <laughs> he's such a smart yeah. guy but he's, you know, he did he's a, a full-on
2: calligraphy now it's so good <laughs> i love
0: that i love that they revisited uh the relationship that deadpool and cable had from the from their long-running series in the in the 2000s that fabian Nicieza wrote. like that was such a good series of like oh, the really? ultimate straight man and the ultimate kook together uh okay. it's just it's so good and he
2: this loves, case.
0: like, he loves old Cable so much that he's almost an
2: enemy to, like, the newer Cable now, which is, like, such a fun dynamic to, uh, that yeah. I would have never thought of. It's so fun. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Um, also, I've been tracking all of our important swords around the X-Men and Marvel Universe. Please, I about that. Um, we're pretty much only at three right now. We obviously have okay. Soul Sword. Um, we have this sword, the, the sword of Galador, and then we have the uh, Cerebro sword. But that's pretty yeah. much all we have right now. So it's kind of – I'm wondering where else they're they're going to come in. I think every issue coming up is going to just introduce some sort of sword. We know Apocalypse this
0: so uh, one. We need Stabitha. We need
1: Swordy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we need – yeah. Um, I yeah, assume – I assume that Cypher's sword is just going to be Warlock. Yes. You think? For sure. Yeah, because they had, remember the issue of X
0: Men uh, where uh, uh, Cyclops and Nightcrawler see them uh, talking um, and uh, like you just flash, fla- like you flash away, and then it's it's just Cypher by himself with the arm. So like he's definitely using like Warlock as his like cyborg arm, and I do agree with Clark. I think it's going to become a cyborg sword. Yeah. Captain Brian uh, will probably get one. Yeah, it's. Well, she, um, she already
2: has I'm one. keeping an She's eye whole, on it. Yeah, uh,
1: it's weird then, to know. see the space knights in comics, just because the main the reason they exist they can't use anymore. Yeah, there was that I series know. Rom Space yeah. Knight. So basically, it's just a random group of people without the thing that actually made them important, just showing what? up every once in a while being dicks
2: we we all know but what do you mean by that like what do you mean there was a thing?
1: series um, by um, called rom space night that was actually a freaking toy line that marvel bought and they they lost the rights to it and now there's other rom series but i don't know they they still have spice, the space the space nights the space nuts shit the space nights that, that marvel created they can still use the names and galador and stuff like that they just don't have any of the characters that were originally created in the toy line.
0: What's so funny is um, IDW, which is another comic company, uh, got the rights to ROM because that's one of their big things. They get a lot of licensed books like Transformers and G.I. Joe. Um, They uh, decided to publish their own version of it, but it didn't have any of the stuff that Marvel created, like all the Space Knights, uh, the Dire Raids, which were a villain in in ROM and then became X-Men villains for a few issues. Uh, so, like it was all the stuff about ROM, but none of the interesting stuff that Marvel got to keep <laughs> it 's very Marvel Studios, Sony Studios back in the day yeah uh, but yeah <laughs> i 'm glad that i i 'm really glad that Jerry Dugan is bringing in all this like crazy ass mythos around the Marvel universe into into cable uh let 's move on um uh, speaking of another spooky ass book, Thor number six, very, very moody you had uh bl- the black Silver Surfer heading to Asgard to kick it with King Thor. And we, of course, realize it's a flash forward because we're, we're back at where we left off at the end of issue five. Uh, Galactus, Thor, and a manifestation of the Black Winter having a kiki. Um, Thor destroys Galactus, keeps his helmet, and turns into his throne room, as you do. And meanwhile, the Black Winter shows him uh, the previews for the next few months. Thanos with <laughs> Mjolnir bedazzled with the Infinity Stones and what looks like a black Infinity Gauntlet with just one stone. Spooky
1: AF. Yeah. We have a uh, lot of defiling of helmets this week. we got some oh helmet urination and some li- literally like living inside of someone's helmet.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Spooky week. Dark like I said. Shit. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, he'll be back one day. Yeah. He'll definitely be, be,
2: be back. I love that he defeated Galactus and then he sort of just made his head like the entrance way to his home. But just like. Uh, yeah, why not? Just like, welcome to Jurassic Galactic, Galactic Park. Yeah, there it is. Like, Galactic Park. I love it. (laughs) No,
1: no, the other one. I like the one that wasn't
0: Jurassic Galactic. (laughs) (laughs) As long as Laura Dern is coming out of the helmet, I will be happy. Yeah, it was a good issue. It was good. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's Donnie K.
2: K. I the love. So, do we think Thanos is going to be coming down the pipeline now?
1: with a oh, zombie yeah. horde no, or whatever you can't not <laughs> okay good point.
0: Thanos, yeah. Thanos is still dead yeah I mean, doesn't it doesn't matter. matter I know I know I'm just saying I mean Galactus is dead Thanos <laughs> no, is not. No. we got it yeah yeah he is dead
2: it'll, yeah. it'll work it'll, out
1: it'll
0: work out it'll, it'll work out it'll all work out he'll kill Thor don't worry yeah <laughs> So uh, going over to DC for a hot second, we had the Death Metal Guidebook come out. I decided to, to uh, purchase it on a whim, and it's an anthology. Uh, the first story we basically learn how the world uh, is, uh, the reason why it is, in the first three issues, how it came to be. Um, I thought, cool, okay, we you know we got the backstory. But what I really liked, uh, well, the, 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 the that story ends with uh, Lex Luthor doing his best Destiny of the Endless drag. Destiny uh, was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Dream, a.k.a. Sandman, a.k.a. and Death's brother, the oldest brother. It's the only one of the Endless that Neil Gaiman didn't create. He actually just used from uh, DC. So at first I was like, oh, Destiny's back. And then you realize it's uh, Lex Luthor um, post his uh, Apex Predator days. So it's Ooh. cool that they're bringing him back. Um, the second story, which is my favorite, it's by Chip Zdarsky, who's an amazing writer, uh, is about Harley Quinn and the Arkham Wasteland basically adopting a giant hyena after taking out uh, a, a, a feral uh, Captain Boomerang. Um, I love that um, uh, Har- uh, Harley Quinn cannot watch Tiger King. She has to have Poison Ivy uh, recap it for her because she wants to know what happens. But uh, like the, the show itself is too triggering. And the editor's note is great. It's like back when everybody still liked Tiger King. Now, like, <laughs> clearly it is out of the zeitgeist. Nobody gives a shit. The memes are all done. Thank God. We bled that stone dry. Uh, third story is Aquaman versus uh, Bathomet, basically, el- an elder god if you were Batman. Great idea. I love it. Bathomet. Uh, the fourth story is Poison Ivy in Hell, basically. Um, I definitely got some like Persephone vibes of her trying to escape uh, uh, Hades from that. Uh, it was fine. Vita ALR wrote it. Of course, Vita is going to be the writer for Children of the Atom whenever that comes out. So uh, glad that we're getting some diversity in some DC books as well. And then the final story, written by Priest, uh, speaking of diversity, um, is uh, a story of Batman and zombie Jonah Hex fighting a Joker dragon. Uh, very slight story, but still a lot of fun. And the art was beautiful because it was Eduardo Rizzo, who is one of my favorite artists. Uh, anything else you all want to say on Death Metal Guidebook? I know you all aren't the biggest DC fans um, like I am.
2: Yeah, I, I'll say I did, did have a great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I did have a good time reading. I it I was more confused by the end of it, but it it there was there was good moments in there, and I can acknowledge that. I'm, what are some good moments
1: you
0: What? I like the Harley Quinn stuff. It was I, that so good. Was fun. Yeah, yeah. I also love the art in the Aquaman one. It was Becky Cloonan wrote and drew it, um, and so she's uh, done a you know a bunch of indie stuff, and she's done some like superhero stuff. But like her art is so like interesting and unique, and it's got this like very jagged style. Yet it's still kind of cartoony. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's lovely. Yeah. Uh, all it's right. Pretty. Well, then uh, for the last of the comics we're going to review, it's uh, um, it's Venom. It's the Free Comic Book Day story that was uh, uh, paired up with Spider Man. And then issues 20, 26 and 27. So, just a really quick recap Eddie Brock meets and fights Virus, the symbiote that's the mashup of Iron Man and Green Goblin. It kicks off a new storyline called Venom Beyond. We see the return of the Maker, the evil Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe, who's a symbiote of his own. He gets all menacing with Venom and Dylan. Virus shows back up, and they, of course, they all fight and they go through a Stargate that's in uh, the Maker's lab. Maker ends up back in the Ultimate Universe, which is sixteen ten as, desi- as the designated universe number. Six one six, of course, is the uh, traditional Mar- Marvel universe. Venom, Dylan, and Virus all end up in a universe where the Avengers are venomized. Obviously, everyone fights. Virus is taken captive taken capture, taken captive. Excuse me, by the Venomengers. Venomengers does that work. Venomengers. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Who bring them to their and- leader Codex? Who looks like a cross between Null and Alucard from Castlevania? And then Venom. And Venom and Dylan escape into the tunnels and encounter a group of Venomized Marines, because of course, the leader of whom is Annie, Ed- Eddie's ex-wife and mother Dylan. And in the 616, she was She Venom at one point. Uh, so that isn't too much of a stretch. And now and she was also dead in the 616, and she's alive in this universe. So uh, yeah. what what do we what do we think?
1: So so when we originally read this we we read issue 27 not realizing that we had not done issue 26. (laughs) So I I was very confused coming into it from that like just suddenly they're already in this random world and I'm like okay like what's going on and I but as opposed to having to deal with it with Excalibur I just rolled with it as it was really well done and good versus coming into the Excalibur I'm like, I don't know what's happening and I don't want to know. But I, finally reading episode issue 26 made a lot of sense. Um, I love, my favorite part was when Codex takes off a uh, virus's mask and is like, I don't know that person at all. <laughs> you know, usually it's like the big reveal of who it yeah, was. He yeah. Like, he's yeah. like, this is not the big reveal. The next-ish page is the big reveal of somebody else uh-huh yeah Cage is that, so smart. i love him yes
0: that moment reminded me did you ever watch the justice league animated series uh from the early 2000s yeah. the one that like was yes. uh like you know in the same universe as batman and superman uh, uh one of my favorite one-off episodes called the great brain robbery it's when lex luther and flash switch bodies and uh you had flash like basically you know acting like lex Luthor, being the leader of the legion of doom and then uh Let's with her in, in Flash's body, and he's in a bathroom, and he's like, "I've got to find out who this is." And he takes off Flash's mask, and he goes, "I have no idea who this is." It's like, it's like <laughs> mm, it reminded—it it was so that good. sort of like that swerve of the reveal. It's what what I think. Guy Gates was definitely inspired by that moment, I, like I, I I, it's him, happened really so many it. times.
2: So it's like it happened one time in Astonishing X Men two, I think. Um, something happened with like that, and then one time in uh, there's a Buffy series where. The guy, uh, there's another sort of the same reveal where like he takes off his mat or is about to, and then he's just readjusting it, and he doesn't take yeah. off. It, mm-hmm. It's just the most fun r- fake reveal.
1: Um, I, I think
2: this. I think this series really does a great job of knowing how to use a young child in a great way. So like Dylan is not annoying. He's not like a hindrance. He's I, I find him entertaining the entire time. He's not turned into a dragon that is hurt. Like he is entertaining endlessly, which I really like that. Cause also, I think for so many times, like they try so hard to incorporate kids and it just doesn't work a lot of
0: times in the comic
2: book stuff. Kalen, what were you going to say?
0: No, I was going to say, I love whenever uh, Donny Cates brings the maker back. I think maker is one of mm-hmm. like the most amazing villains and probably one of the best things to ever come out of the ultimate universe. Like an evil Reed Richards, like, Amazing. Totally. I love, uh, like, finding uh, evil versions of really smart heroes, like like the Batman who laughs, going back to DC for a second, is a great idea. Because what if you had somebody who had all the cunning and guile and intelligence of Batman, but without any of the moral um, weight of, of Batman? Like, what would happen? Some, so the Batman who laughs is what you would end up with. And the makers definitely would end up with, with Reed Richards without any morality uh, or, or ethics. I, 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 it's just great. And Donny Cates? Uh, of course is one of our favorite writers. So just, you know, yeah. chef's kiss. Uh, it's wonderful. So uh, next week, we it's a much smaller week. We only have three comics and they're all in Do- the Dawn of X uh, universe. It's Hellions number three, yay. X-Factor number two. Let's see how the second issue does. And X-Men number 11. And also I just wanna give a little preview of something that we're gonna be doing uh, in the next uh, few months. We're gonna be doing a giant crossover of our own when Ten of Swords starts, we're going to be doing with some of our Sister X podcasts. We'll give you some more information as it comes. Uh, check check out uh, all of that on um, our podcast, on their podcasts. And we're going to be talking a lot about it on our social media, on Twitter, on Instagram. And, of course, you can always find us on SoundCloud, on Spotify, and iTunes. We've been Homo Superior, and we'll talk
1: to you next week. Bye.